when the replay official did not stop I, the game. I'm not going to comment on that. I'll get fined for the rest of my life if I get commented on that. We had a great belief in our locker room. We didn't have to do anything special, just be us. I was so proud of this team. We had so much fun, it ought to be illegal. Coach Carousel talk, is that something you just ignore? Yeah, yeah, you, you ignore because one week you're getting fired and the next week you're going to take another job, and I'm worried about the darn SEC West Championship. And So, yes, to answer your question. Our purpose is to win, make no mistake about it, but it's to win the right way. And our goal, our stated goal, is going to be to win the Sun Belt, uh, sorry, to win the SEC East. That's iron sharpening iron. That's the way this thing's got to work, man. We got to know and understand that it's got to be about competition. Talk about the reception you received from the fan, fan base. Did you ever think you'd be kissing and hugging babies at the tarmac when you got off the plane? Um, a lot better than another tarmac experience that I had. <laughs> I didn't think of that. It was like, <laughs> like an anniversary or something like that. We're coming. We're coming, and we ain't backing down. It's time for Carolina football. So get the fuck out of your seats. Spurs up. Welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast presented by my bookie. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, babe, what's going on? Oh, man, another exciting day here in the SEC. Now, we got a couple of teams on a bye. So, you know, we've only, this is only a four-game weekend, but looking forward to the action. I've already gotten – I don't know about you, Shane, but these Arkansas people are coming at me already. <laughs> I thought I was their biggest yep. cheerleader, but apparently that's uh, – hell, they don't give a shit about that right now, do they? Dude, I have it. I've got several of them saying, hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, I, I love it. I love it. That's why we do this, Mike. And, uh, you know, especially the, uh, these two teams, you know, cause we don't get to face that much. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm kind of joking when I say this Shane, but, um, you know, we got a lot of Tennessee listeners, a lot of Arkansas listeners. Mm-hmm. I may be putting my prediction up for bid. I've been so awful <laughs> picking the games. You want me to pick your team or pick the other team? Obviously, you want me picking the other team. Maybe you send me some cash. I'll be willing to bet them up. So, um, a yeah. little competition going here, Shane. Absolutely, man. You know, I thought, I, I mean, now, granted, my locks are terrible. <laughs> I mean, let's just, they're still, I mean, if you're betting those, you're probably making a ton of money because I'm losing a shit ton of it over here. But, Mike, yeah, whew, buddy, last week, and if it weren't for Arkansas sneaking back into that thing, you would have lost all of them. So, yeah, I, I, I may be fade Mike this week myself. <laughs> I love it. Oh, well, Shay, we got a lot of good stuff to get to. But, uh, hey, before we get around the league and all this, uh, on a serious note, you know, we had some disturbing news out of uh, Oxford. Now, the great news is this ended in a happy story. So, you know, we didn't know how to cover this one. But uh, let's jump over down to Oxford real quick before we go around the league. Ole Miss is on a bye this week, so no game for them. But uh, Lane Kiffin did have a presser here on Monday, and he just kind of came right out and, without even doing an intro, said freshman tight end Demarcus Thomas injured at practice and had to be taken to the hospital via helicopter. And uh, this just sounded like a horribly tragic situation. 
But like I said, there's good news on the other side, so uh, let's jump over to Kiffin real quick. All right, sorry. Um, you know, we just left practice for the last, like, 45 minutes. Um, player potentially severely injured, um, Demarcus Thomas, was hit and, and hasn't moved since, and the helicopter's <clears throat> on its way now. Um, you know, so... Obviously, I answer questions, got to do my job, you know, about the game, whatever it is, but, you know, nothing seems very important right now because um, it was, you know, he got hit and, and never moved and, and hasn't had any feeling in his entire body. So, informed family. Um, I don't know. I never, just never, I don't think I've seen it been a part of that anything like that personally I've seen it on TV but Lane in light of in light of what you just told us about DeMarcus Thomas uh, do you have a chance to uh, to talk to the rest of the team uh, with what all's going on for you right now you know we were all <clears throat> you know we were all out there you know waiting for the ambulance initially and they said you know the ambulance came in and they said they needed to airlift him so um, I was around the players. Um, I think most. I just came in to, you know, to knock this out and going back out there. So I don't know if he's been picked up yet or not. I think they said 22 minutes, so I'm sure it's, he's been picked up by now. Um, but all the players stayed out there. Go to Ben. Yeah, Lane. Demarcus played on Saturday. I mean, that's the guy that looked like he was coming on a little bit for him to go down. I mean, that's. Obviously tough too, you know, just the fact that he was playing and, and starting to come on. It seems. Yeah, not not to be rude, but that's the least thing. That I mean, if you saw what I saw, you wouldn't be worried about whether he was going to play or not. Um, so, with the other players and coaches that are there for a scene like that, what what happens logistically? What is the mood, the vibe about everything? Well, we were a little over halfway through practice. Um, you know, and started to move the ball up to keep going like you do, and then go back to check on him. But this was—I don't think there was any way to practice. You know, seeing what we saw. Um, no, I don't think anybody was even thinking about it. And the coach is normally the one that oh, we need the reps and all those things. I—I uh, could care less. <clears> hey, <throat> I just wanted to update. You know, um, when I walked out, um, Pat came in to say um, before he was taken away that he did have some movement and some and, and was feeling um, had some feeling in his body so obviously great news um, I, I don't know what that means exactly but um, sure feels like great news compared to you know what it was 20 minutes ago so just wanted you guys to know so you guys could get that out to the fans all right Shane so like I said I certainly sounded terrible there and I'm, I'm not trying to downplay the situation because obviously we weren't there, but Ole Miss here at uh, 6.15 Central Time just announced DeMarcus doing well. All of his medical tests came back normal, and he's being released from the hospital. Our physicians will be following up with him in the coming days for further evaluation. Mm. And I don't think literally we could have asked for a better scenario given that those press conference comments. You know what? Dude, man, I'm telling you, listening to Lane, it, it sounded really bad. Really, I mean, it sounded like a, a extremely bad situation. And uh, 
Dude, I'm just, I, I'm so, I'm so glad for him. So happy for him and his family. I mean, could you imagine? I mean, it just shows you, you know, just how, how violent this game can be at times, Mike, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, we weren't there. I don't know exactly how it had happened and stuff like that, but, you know, you think about all these, these fundamental things they do in the off season and these campaigns to try to, to try to have safer football, you know, and all it takes is one little, one little miscue. And, uh, you know, it's the last time you play football. So I just, I'm just glad there's great news. Like you said, at the end of this thing, and, and maybe it was an eye opener, you know, for some of these boys to, to, to keep doing what they're supposed to be doing when they're practicing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just ultimate sign of respect for these guys that go up there and, it's easy to think they just go and suit up on Saturday and, and collide, but yeah. I mean they're doing it all week long, all camp long. I mean, uh, so just a, a great ending. Well, I guess not ending here, but great news on the back end. And uh, just uh, those prayers were answered to Marcus Thomas. I'm sure he and his family really appreciate it. And we just wanted to open with that and just thankful that it ended on a good note. All right, Shane, hey, one last thing I, I wanted to hit on here before we go around the league. Now, it's kind of wonky, this, uh, if you're not aware. So the NCAA has mandated that Tuesday is an off day for all teams because of the election. So that has Mm -hmm. kind of messed with a couple of these schedules. And the reason I bring that up is because typically Florida would have a press conference on a Monday. But that didn't Mm -hmm. happen uh, because they, so what they did, they normally take Sundays off. They practice Sunday. So Monday, they didn't have the press conference. They're going to have it Tuesday, even though the team is off. I know that's confusing, but that's why we don't have a Florida presser. We're going to get to a little bit of Kirby's comments here. They did have a press conference, but I wanted to really save the preview of that game until we waited for Dan Mullen to speak on Tuesday. But before we go around the league chain, SEC has come out and I don't want to say drop the hammer because it it was more of a slap on the wrist, but mm-hmm. Dan Mullen got hit with a $25,000 fine <laughs> for his role in that uh, Missouri brawl. Same thing that happened to Lane Kiffin for tweeting mm. out <laughs> that the refs Jeez. sucked, even though the SEC admits the refs sucked. And uh-huh. then a couple players for Florida that were ejected from the game, defensive lineman Zach Carter, linebacker Antoine Powell, so they were thrown out of the second half of the Missouri game. Yeah. They are suspended for the first half of the Georgia game, not the second half. Ooh. And then three players for Missouri, linebacker Chad Bailey, offensive lineman Dylan Spencer, and defensive lineman Markel Utsi. Same thing. They're on a bye, but they play Georgia in two weeks. They're suspended for the first half. So, hey, this could have worked <laughs> out better for Georgia, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Was Kirby smart behind this? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, you know, I we we if we rehashed this fight yesterday, and if you didn't listen to it, check out that pod. Um, now now that it's it's behind us, you know, I, I'm I'm kind of glad it's not really making a huge impact, especially with this Florida Georgia game, because you don't want an asterisk by this one, Mike. You we, this is a rivalry. This is the best game of the week, and and yeah, they're losing the first half, but they're coming the second half. So I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure Gary Danielson will remind us <laughs> constantly that that these boys are going to make an appearance in the second half. Absolutely, Shade. Well, all right, you ready to go uh, around the league? 
Let's do it. Now let's go now around let's the league. My, my daughters said something about me wearing a visor and need to put on a hat because I'm getting bald. So, uh, so I'm going to wear a hat from here on out. I mean, if you look over the next six years, I think we played Miami three times, Florida State six times, South Florida three times, Mississippi State once. So who's the SEC teams? You know, I mean, I don't think, I think it's an injustice for the kids. They should, we should mix those games up and you should, um, you know, play more teams from the West. Why don't you start calling around and see if you can get somebody else to play us, and we'll play them. We'll play anybody you can get to play us. At Louisiana, hold on a second. Hey, guys! Hey! I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you! All right, Chad, so let's uh, start this thing off here on uh, Rocky Top. Where... You know, we kind of teased it there in the opening. We got a big game here with Tennessee traveling to Arkansas. And Tennessee desperate for a win. But how about this stat, Shane? I thought you'd appreciate this. This comes from uh, Tyler Wyatt. He's a really good follow on Twitter for gambling stuff. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Pruitt, 4-1, and one, coming off a bye. The only SEC coach with a better record, Kirby Smart, 5-0. and oh, So... Tennessee's had two weeks to prepare, and Tennessee under Jeremy Pruitt also undefeated during that time when they have a bye and their opponent does not. So basically when they had an extra week to prepare. This game, you know, I don't think this is one. It's way too early, I think, for Pruitt to be like on some kind of hot seat if he loses this game. But it is pretty interesting that uh, heading into the season, you know, most Tennessee fans chalk this up as an automatic W. Now, clearly, Sam Pittman and and his coaching staff and these players at uh, in Fayetteville have have exceeded all expectations. I know they're only two and three on the season, but hell, they're they look like one of the toughest teams in the SEC West, having to travel to Arkansas. That's a very long trek from Knoxville, Tennessee, so it's not an easy journey either. But uh, as our resident Tennessee homer, Shane, how big of a game is this for? Maybe let's not say Jeremy Pruitt because I don't want to. I just said he's not anywhere near the hot seat. I don't think, but more for Tennessee this year, who's you know they've still got some key games coming up here. We've got two weeks to prepare for this. How big is this for Tennessee? You know, every time I think of Arkansas, man, I think of the stumble and fumble, baby, <laughs> <laughs> the nineteen ninety eight miracle. So that that's that always resonates, you know. We won't talk about what happened the year after, of course, but, you know, <laughs> uh, this is, the, you know, Tennessee and Arkansas has always had some some great action. And uh, 2015, when they came up, we you know, we weren't expecting to lose two of them then. Uh, that was a that was a team we were expecting to win. And and that's when we uh, that's when we discovered the, uh, the old Henry brothers and the tight end capabilities as they uh, steamrolled our ass up there in Knoxville. Now we kind of came back into it there at the end, but two, 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 uh, two times in a row that, that we played, they, they've really been dominant. So, and I know that's, that's a long time ago, a lot of different players, a lot of different staff now, but uh, as a as a Tennessee fan that's been burnt by this this university, it, it's still you know it's still back there, still thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So. And do, I'm, do you I'm, think I'm the balls are at all at, at an advantage 
considering that uh, Texas A&M, you know, just not only beat Arkansas, but there is a lot of similarities between Texas A&M and Tennessee, in my opinion. But both have strong offensive lines. Both are have two really good running backs that they use in a variety of ways. You know, good defensive teams. Jimbo and Jeremy Pruitt have worked together. I don't, that's not really much of a comparison, but uh, both have, you know, Kellen Mons had up and down performances. Jerry Garantano, if he starts, has had up and down performances. Uh, any advantage you think for Tennessee playing this uh, Arkansas team? I mean, they just, we've got the blueprint on how to beat them last week. Um, well, yeah, I, I think there's a little advantage. I think the biggest advantage for Tennessee and, Pruitt's going to talk about it a little bit like they didn't game plan for this thing. You know, they went back kind of to that fall camp theme, you know. But, you know, Pruitt's got to get this thing right, and he's got to start off with a winning streak. So I, I, I think that's what helps Tennessee the most is just the fact they've had a, an extra week to film study on Arkansas to, to sit back. It wouldn't surprise me if the whole damn team wasn't over at Pruitt's house watching this game mm-hmm. uh, because they got to get back on it, and, and it starts with – running the ball uh, because you saw at, at times Arkansas really had a hard time stopping that last week. So right. yeah, the, the film, the film's out there. And like, like I said, a little bit, you know, Arkansas, I, I felt got exposed just a little bit last week. And, and if Tennessee could stay ahead of them, if Jim can stay ahead of them in offensive play calling, then yeah. But you know, I I've seen Felipe many times, brother, and, uh, they've never ended out too well. You know, I'm just saying, uh, I'm not a huge Franks fan, buddy. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm still, I'm still really worried about the team and, and who Henry was on that Arkansas team, but it was, uh, the running back Alex Collins. You remember him? Oh yeah. Dude. Uh, geez. It felt like he was getting 30 yard runs every time against us. So, mm-hmm. Well, let's kick it over to uh, Jeremy Pruitt, who talks about uh, you know the, a lot of young players getting extra looks during the bye week. That's something that fans have been dying to see on the scout, uh, self scout they were able to do during this bye week. And then uh, you know the the million dollar question everybody's got on Rocky Top: them young quarterbacks, uh, they looking good? They're ready to play. <laughs> Uh, Jeremy, who are some of the other younger guys that you wanted to learn about uh, in the off week and, and guys that you kind of, had, kind of had your eye on for larger opportunities as the season went on? Well, D. Beck was a guy that, um, you know, he didn't didn't participate any during uh, the summer. Uh, he done absolutely nothing. Uh, and then when fall camp gets here, uh, he obviously is back into quarantine again. So, then he turns his ankle, but he's a guy that we looked at a little bit at tight end, but we're starting to look at it running back um, that has size and speed. Um, you know, T. Hodge is another guy that was injured during fall camp that's that's kind of um, kind of getting his legs back under him a little bit, uh, seeing a little more burst and speed out of him. So there, there, there's lots of guys I could go through the whole roster, but, um, you know, we need more depth at running back. Uh, we've really played three guys uh, for the year uh, and have been very fortunate that those guys have stayed healthy. So uh, we need to get those guys a, a more of an opportunity. And another guy that was doing really well was Laneith Whitehead. Um, and, you know, he had been out because of his uh, foot injury, but um, come back and was, was doing really well. But unfortunately, um, 
you know, he hurt his shoulder last week in camp and probably going to do surgery on it in the next week uh, to get him back in time for spring ball. Jeremy, how different has this week been in terms of knowledge of opposing personnel? When you think about your first five games or opponents that y'all face annually, and I was thinking you probably have seen Arkansas, even when studying common opponents, as little as anybody because they typically – you typically play Missouri before they do. You typically play Alabama. So just how different uh, is it just from a knowledge of personnel compared to most weeks? Well, it's the it's the first time uh, I've coached against Arkansas since set the sixteen seventeen seasons, uh, and you know you you can really see um, on their roster uh, the difference in the talent level um, from seventeen until now. Uh, you know, the last couple of years they've done a really nice job recruiting some uh, good young talented guys in there. What's the key to getting the, the second half turned around, particularly the start coming out of the locker room? I think you guys have really struggled in the, in the third quarter, uh, particularly on offense. First thing is don't turn the ball over. So all of us coaches, we have a thing where you, you look each week um, on turnovers, you know, and, and you look across the league or you look across uh, – we, we usually do it across the league. What's everybody's record uh, based off the turnover margin? So – the three games that, that we're in the red and turnover margin, uh, we've lost. The two games that we're in the positive area, we've won. And that's kind of that way all the way across the conference. So, number one, we, we, we can't turn the ball over, period. Um, so, got to be able to take care of the football. Um, how do you do that? You do it by um, being clean up front uh, from the, the offensive line to the tight ends to the running backs, wide receivers protecting the football. Um, and then, uh, to me, we, we, we've got to get turnovers, you know, um, had way too many dropped interceptions, um, you know, not causing enough fumbles. So, you know, that's something that we, we focused on something we always focus on, but for whatever reason, um, we've not been very opportunistic and we've got to finish when we get to get our hands on the ball. Uh, Jeremy last week with the bye week was that an opportunity to get, uh, Brian Maurer, Harrison Bailey, even JT Shroud, some reps, uh, maybe more than they would usually get during the regular season. And, and how do you split those up, especially going into a game week now? Well, yeah, we went back to fall camp. So in fall camp, we usually work four groups all the time, and everybody gets the same amount of reps at every position. So um, it's why we believe that players – um, develop is because we spend that much time uh, working on four groups. We split the staff up. We watch every bit of tape. Um, you know, this this past week, we kept some guys out of practice um, to help them heal up a little bit, a uh, few guys. So we only worked three groups, but we still went back to camp mode. We didn't, we didn't, we worked very little on future opponents. We worked more on ourselves and the fundamental parts of just, um, you know, like I said, day one, two, three, four, five of install, just uh, trying to get back to the basics. So uh, I think it was good for a lot of players in, in our program. Uh, and it's something that you can't do in a game week. Uh, you can do a little bit like every day <clears throat> on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, we always do, we work on opponent, but we always do good on good. So it's good on good seven on seven. It's good on good team run. It's good on good team move the field. So we just, uh, for the competition standpoint, you need it. Uh, so 
uh, you don't want to always be going against the scout team. All right, Shade. So Pruitt, I mean, he kind of dodged that quarterback question, but um, uh-huh. you know, this a little bit of coach speak here from Coach Pruitt. But you know, at the end of the day, his teams, for the most part, minus uh, the Vanderbilt game, his uh, first year as head coach, they always seem to get better at the tail end of the season. I think that's coaching. That's you know speaks to it. And hell, I just threw out the stat of. Pruitt's record after the bye, you know, all this. So uh, I think Tennessee may have a, an advantage here over the Arkansas Razorbacks, just given the fact that, uh, you know, everyone's going to, everyone's picking them apart for getting blown out to Alabama. But last time I checked, uh, damn near everybody's getting their ass kicked by Alabama these days. <laughs> so, yeah, no, enough about the running backs. Are you going to start anybody named uh, Harrison or are we going Garantano <laughs> here? <laughs> That's what everybody wants to know, but I, I think it's important, you know, that uh, that we do get back to to fundamental football. And uh, I, I think I don't know. It felt like Tennessee's just been kind of off off kilter here the last couple of weeks. That Kentucky loss was was detrimental. Uh, that 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 had to mess with their psyche. It messed with the fans. Um, so I, I think we've got to get back to the drawing board and I hope that's what they've been able to do here in these last two weeks. All right, well, let's kick it down to uh, the other side. Let's go to Fayetteville Woo pig. where, you know, we can easily talk about how big of a game this is for Tennessee. Look at Arkansas schedule, Shane, where certainly this is a winnable game against Tennessee at home, but look at the less, the rest. I mean, at Florida is the following week. LSU, of course, you don't know what you're going to get with them week in, week out. At Missouri, which is certainly looking tough. And Alabama, I mean, there's not a lot of easy wins on that schedule. And Mm -hmm. I know you don't really subscribe to this theory, but it's my opinion that, uh, you know, as much as I've praised Arkansas and this coaching staff, you know, if Razorback fans are being 100% honest, this is not a team – that has a lot of depth. And we saw that in the last game. Jalen Catalan ejected for targeting, and it was just a massive drop-off. We've got yeah. guys like Hudson Clark. Yes, he's a great story, but he's a, he's a walk-on. He's playing for a reason. I mean, this is not a very deep Arkansas team. And they came out the gates playing with their damn hair on fire, and, they, and they've been outstanding. I'm not trying to take away anything from them. But as these SEC games mount, here we got – six sec games to, in consecutive <laughs> weeks to close out i don't know if they're certainly they'll field a team by the end of the season but i just don't know you know how many stars are going to be left standing at that point yeah so that's why i think this game for arkansas may be even more critical for the razorbacks than it is tennessee but I don't, that's that's why that's a big reason why this game is so fascinating to me yeah i i think so too and uh uh i i just I think about all the just the connections here, and when Sam talks here in a second, you just these guys know each other. It's it wouldn't surprise me if after this game they don't go grab a steak together. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's just the the this is uh this is like family almost. So um, and Arkansas and Tennessee, we've we've been in the same place. I, I remember the meme I put out last uh, last year when Coach Morris was just losing all these games. You know, it's just Tennessee fans sitting at the bar, just welcoming uh, a Razorback fan to come up there and sit with him. You know, we've we've had some glory days 
we've we've been storied programs and and we're trying to get back to the top we're both climbing together so i i just think just i don't know it's like tennessee and arkansas tennessee is the arkansas of the east and and, and arkansas's tennessee of, of, of the west you know mm-hmm. so i just i think this is going to be a, a, a tough physical game i think it is going to come down to coaching not so much just the the stars on the field i think it's going to come down to fundamental x's and o's and and who's who's got the better game script coming in well let's kick it over to coach Pittman, who talks about tennessee and his relationship with jim cheney i even edited some of these cheney questions out he got about six of them (laughs) uh he i thought this was great he talked about this texas a&m crowd and how great they were and uh on jeremy pruitt he also discusses that as well hey sam i had a couple things i wanted to ask first an overview of tennessee just kind of a scouting report on those guys second your relationship with jim cheney when it started why did y'all hit it off and um how often y'all communicate these days well jim and i were both i actually signed as well but jim cheney's a central missouri state mule and I signed with Central Missouri State, too. We both graduated. He looks much older than I do, but we both graduated the same year in high school. And uh, so I've known him. You know, we both recruited St. Louis at different times, and we'd get together and go out and obviously go eat. And uh, and uh, so – I uh, got to know him, and I went to the convention. We had gotten fired at North Carolina, and he I saw him. He, I was going into the restroom. He's coming out, and he said, hey, I want to talk to you. said, hey, we're going to lose our line coach. You'd like to come work with me at uh, Tennessee. I did. Enjoyed it. <clears throat> at the end of that year, we got fired. Um, Jim and I were fortunate enough to come to the University of Arkansas, and we spent – I think two years together, Jim left, went to Pittsburgh. Uh, then when uh, I got the job at Georgia, uh, he and I uh, reunited there at Georgia, and he was there three of my three of my four years at Georgia. And then he left and went to Tennessee. I coached at Tennessee, obviously, um, and had a and had a wonderful year that year. I was at Tennessee. As far as they go. Uh, offensively, they they have a very talented offensive line, a huge offensive line. Uh, they have a really good back uh, in Gray. Actually, they have two with him and Chandler. Uh, and uh, Garantino is uh, uh, as a veteran guy. He's pre- played in 39 games there at Tennessee, so a veteran quarterback. Palmer is a, one of their elite receivers that they have, along with Jones and and. Uh, Keaton on defense they're an SEC looking defense they're big you know they're front three uh, they're in a three or four man line but they're front three with Butler uh, Solomon and Bumpus uh, Bumpus are, are uh, very talented kids that can run I think the key um, to their defense is uh, Henry Toho Toho and uh, he's leading their team in in tackles, but he's, I mean, he's as good a linebacker is in the SEC and probably the nation. In the back end, they're very physical. They can cover. Uh, This is a really good football team that looks like an SEC football team. And Coach Pruitt and those guys have done an outstanding job 
getting them to this point. You know, early in the year, they were on an eight-game winning streak, counting six from last year. Uh, so, and they ran into Georgia and Alabama and Kentucky and, and um, really Georgia and Alabama. You know, those are the lead, elite, elite teams. And certainly Kentucky's one of the elite teams of the SEC as well. Coach, obviously not being able to go see recruits uh, is, a, is a big thing. It's been a challenge. But what have been some of the other challenges during this time, during the season that, you know, have made recruiting a little tougher and a little different? Is there a way to, to kind of get uh, to the kids the atmosphere? You know, obviously can't come to the games, but how are you trying to get that across? Well, we're sending out all kinds of stuff all the time, you know, um, trying to talk about – you know, what we've done and who we have and awards they're getting and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, even the atmosphere is not the atmosphere, you know, unless you go to A&M and then you got a pretty good atmosphere, you know, down there. But you obviously know the concepts or the philosophy of a Jim Chaney offense. Uh, what you see from Tennessee this season, does that kind of fall in line with what you know or are they doing some different stuff too? Well, Jim's an offensive line coach. I mean, uh, you know, Jim taught me a lot about offensive line play. And uh, so, you know, he wants to run the football, you know, and he believes – I don't want to speak for him, but I've been with him three schools, you know. He, he believes that running the football and physical play is how you win in the SEC. And, and uh, so, as you look at their team now, they built around – that offensive line, big, physical, five-star offensive lineman. And uh, he's turning around and handing the football off. And if you don't – if you're not able to stop him, he'll never throw a pass. I mean, he just won't. Uh, he's trying to win a game. He's trying to beat you up. And that's what he's been every, every place I've ever been with him. And I really don't see any difference in his philosophy watching all their games uh, this season. Yeah, I had a question for you about Jeremy Pruitt. Um, uh, how much you guys have crossed paths in, in the past? And also, what they're doing defensively, does that kind of look like it's from the saving tree when you, when you look at their principles? Jeremy Pruitt is a really good person. I really like him. And, you know, I didn't know him as well. He, had, he was leaving Georgia whenever I got there. And, uh, but, man, what a defense they had when he was there. And, uh, you know, obviously, I've had some friends work work for him, work with him, and uh, they're very complimentary about the way he, you know he treats them. And and uh, but I've had some talks with him over different things, uh, over COVID and different things of that nature. And he's just a really pleasant man. And uh, uh, you know, he's a high school coach as well, so we have some common things in our in our background. Uh, but. Uh, I'm really happy for him, and they're doing a great job over there, and and I have uh, highest respect for him. All right, Shane. So clearly, some uh, interesting comments there for old Kyle Field. I, I bet Sam Pittman's glad they don't have to play there next year. But uh, what about the subtle stabs there, Shane? <laughs> <laughs> clearly, we were out to eat. <laughs> I think that's just two good old buddies, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I would love to have uh, Jim Chaney. He's not allowed to speak to the media during the season, but it'd be great to, to catch what he's got. I'm sure he's got some great Sam Pittman stories, don't you think? 
Oh, yeah, I would think it'd be like the great outdoors, you know, when John Candy and Dan Aykroyd, and they got to eat that steak, and everybody gets to eat for free. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'd love to go out with those guys. Now, let me ask you this, Shane, because, you know, it's kind of cliche to say, but Arkansas, in these games that they've been winning, they've just been feasting on the turnovers. Mm -hmm. Tennessee... First two games of the season, they didn't turn the ball over once. They look like an SEC title contender. And then the next three, they're turning it over left and right. They look like a joke. So, I mean, is it too easy to say that this is just going to come down to turnovers? And and if it is, I mean, which team do you got more confidence, confidence in to uh, win the turnover battle here on Saturday, Tennessee or Arkansas? <laughs> Arkansas? Uh, it's just because... I, I just well, it depends. Quarterback play, mm-hmm. obviously, and and I'm I fully expect them to run old Garantano out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, what about Pittman talking about all these great stats? He's like, and you know, Garantano's been out there at least thirty nine times. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, yeah, just because you've been out there, don't mean you're effective. So uh, he didn't have nice things to say about him. He's he's seen the same damn film I have. So, but anyway, a whole different animal. I I think. Uh, I think it is going to come down to turnovers. And what scares me is just the trend right now. Tennessee, like you said, started out strong and they've kind of fell apart here in the turnover uh, situation. The tougher defenses they've faced, uh, the the more turnovers they've had. And if Arkansas has showed you anything, buddy, is that they can, they can have an aggressive – I just sound defense. And uh, so I think that's what scares me the most is, you know, they're, they're seeing the same film. I am. They're seeing the same film. You are Mike. Uh, Arkansas is going to have a game plan for Garantano. Mm-hmm. And uh, one last story for this one, Shane, I'm, I don't know how big of a deal this is, but remember, obviously Barry Odom was at Missouri and not long after Jeremy Pruitt got there, it was, there was some bad blood where once Missouri got put on probation, apparently Tennessee was calling I remember nonstop yeah. to try to get some of those guys down there to Rocky Top. And uh, I don't think, you know, obviously the Missouri coaches, for good reason, took issue with that at the time. But I, I don't know if any bad blood spilled over to the next game because Tennessee uh, beat Missouri. And that was kind of a non-issue that whole week. But I don't know. Just keep that in the back of your mind. I mean, Barry Odom. He's probably not a huge fan of Jeremy Pruitt, if I had to guess. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think so. But I, I still think the more time goes, and, and he's just a whole different thing right now. Mm-hmm. I, I think you can overlook some of that. I'm trying to hype this bad boy up, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, I don't know, man. I, I got, just got that vibe that that these boys really like each other, and and yeah, I'm sure Coach Odom's got a little, you know, a little hostility toward coach Pruitt, but did he steal any of them? I think it'd be a different, different <laughs> right, animal right. if we actually, if it actually worked, but, uh, Mizzou lost that game just because we were better. So I, I don't think he's, he's holding anything over Pruitt. So, but who knows, man, you know, so you get hurt. Sometimes you, you take it a little different. And I don't know if he's one of those revenge type guy. Like he, he's got a whole bunch of pictures down in his basement. People he wants to take <laughs> out, you know, <laughs> he may be up there. 
Hey, Shay, well, before we move on, let's uh, remind the listeners we're brought to you by MyBookie, the online sports book. Head on over to MyBookie.ag today. All new customers receive a 100% deposit match up to $1,000. That means if you're a new customer to MyBookie.ag and you put in the promo code that SEC, that's T-H-A-T-S-E-C, they will match your initial deposit up to $1,000. So you could potentially start with $2,000 to gamble on, Shane, immediately. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. got this college football firing up. We're going to get into some some picks here. But, man, I'm just fired up that college football is finally here. And the only thing that makes football better, in my opinion, is drinking some beer and betting all these games. <laughs> so head on over to mybookie.ag. Once again, that promo code is that SEC over at mybookie.ag. Thousands of cross sports, wagers, props, parlays, all that. Winning season begins today only at my bookie with that promo code that SEC. All right, Shay, let's uh, kick it down to Athens real quick. Where, like I said in the uh, intro here, Kirby Smart did meet with the media here on Monday. We're gonna hold off on the preview of the the Georgia Florida game. I really didn't want to discuss that today, but still waiting on Dan Mullen to meet with the media, which will come on Tuesday. But another. Scary situation here in the SEC, Shane, because uh, Georgia's preseason All-American Richard LeCount involved in some kind of motorcycle dirt bike incident, got hit by two cars is the story. And, Jeez. man, he's lucky to be alive. You know what I mean? They said, uh, I mean, we'll jump to Kirby's comments here in a moment, but, hell, he was in the ICU. He's he's recovering. He's going to be all right, which is thank God for that. But, um uh, no timeline for his return, but, um, you know, it certainly sounds like. Did you say a dirt bike? Yeah, th- I think that's what he was on. A, is a, at first they were saying a motorcycle, and then they were saying a dirt bike. So, yeah, some kind of motorized vehicle there. He was, I don't know the whole story. I obviously wasn't there, but um, he had his helmet on and everything. Thank God for that. So, um, I don't know. They've not said he's out for the year or anything, but I'm not sure how soon he's going to be able to come back from, depending on how banged up he is you know what now was he that i'm I'm just was he hit by cars or was he jumping cars no i believe he got hit say... by one and he and you know when you're okay. when you're on a bike you, you go yeah, flying yeah, yeah. and then he got hit by another oh, I one gotcha. damn that sucks man i hope he's okay i hope he gets i hope he gets well soon mm-hmm. and beyond that i mean as terrible as that is <laughs> georgia fans know kentucky fans know too about half their damn roster got hurt in that kentucky game it seemed like yeah so i just wanted to give Kirby's took him about five minutes to go through the injury list here. So uh, let's just kick it over real quick to Kirby talking about Richard LeCount with the latest with him. And then uh, here I wrote down the list because I, I didn't want anyone to miss it, Shane. Here's the guys he gives updates on. Quay Walker, Julian Rochester, Jordan Davis, Lewis Seen, Richard LeCount, George Pickens, Kenny McIntosh, Matt Landers, and Ben Cleveland. Jeez Louise. A lot of five stars there, buddy. Yeah, I'll open um, with a quick comment about uh, Richard LeCount and um, his situation. Obviously, thoughts and prayers go out to his family and, and Richard. Um, I was updated by Ron. He was moved from an ICU uh, room to a uh, regular room, which was a uh, good step, good news. Um, thoughts and prayers with him and his family. He's got wonderful parents, and uh, we've been in communication with those guys, and they've been up here, been able to be with him. Uh, during this time. So I know our team sent a bunch of uh, messages, video messages and things like that to him. 
yesterday, and uh, we're all hopeful and uh, expecting a full recovery. Coach, at the risk of taking up the rest of the time on the uh, uh, conference call, could you update us on the injuries, particularly on the defensive side? I mean, it uh, it just – and just – just put that in context, you know, getting ready to play a high-powered offensive team and being without a lot of your uh, your main dudes, if you will. Yeah, uh, Mr. Laundry List, you'd probably be better off and better off asking me specifically about guys because I don't really know, uh, you know, some guy. I mean, we haven't really had a chance to practice, so I'll find yeah. more out throughout the week, uh, throughout the day. I, I, we think Quay's going to be fine. We think he's going to be able to play. Uh, Julian's probably out. Uh, Jordan, we're going to find out more on. We're hopeful he's able to play. Um, Lewis, I think, is going to be fine. He had an ankle sprain. Um, and obviously, Richard's probably out. I mean, Richard's not going to be able to play. So we don't know when we're going to get Richard back. But past that, I don't know who you'd be asking about. I guess uh, if, if you could expound on Jordan Davis a little bit, obviously, he's so important, you know, to what you guys do up front. And then in the back end, you know, you're going to be without Richard. And Lewis had an ankle injury. You're about to have an unbelievable tight end you have to cover. So just what the safety position looks like in particular. Yeah, well, Chris has played a lot for us. You know, uh, Richard got came out of the one game for targeting, and then uh, he came in and played for Lewis the other day. So we feel like Chris has gotten a lot of experience. Chris works really hard in practice, and uh, he's ready to play. Um, Tyreek Stevenson's worked back there. Brini's worked back there. Um, we've had uh, Major Burns working back there. So that's what it looks like at safety. And then, like I said, on Jordan, uh, we'll find out more as the week goes on. Some specifics on injuries. I'll follow up here. Uh, offensively, uh, do you expect George Pickens and Kenny McIntosh and Matt Landers to play? Is Ben Cleveland okay? And, and I'll follow up with the defense after that. Uh, ben should be fine. Um, uh, George and Kenny are going to continue to work and do what they did last week. We're hopeful they're able to play. They're certainly further out from their injuries, and uh, we're hopeful they'll be able to, but can't tell you any more. Than, I, than that right now because I don't know a lot more. I mean, they're rehabbing every day. Ron updates us every day, and we're hopeful they're able to play. Who's the other one? Yeah, Matt. Matt should be should be able to go. And then following up on defense, uh, Tyreek Stevenson came out late, and also there's a report that Jordan Davis has an elbow and is out for the next couple weeks. Is that true? Uh, Jordan's going to be day-to-day. Jordan has a chance to be able to play. We're hopefully he's able to play. His, it is his elbow that's injured, but – um, we're, we're hopeful to be able to get him in a brace. Um, don't know if he'll be able to play or not. Like I said, we haven't practiced. Tyreek's fine. All right, Shane. So, obviously, we'll get into this game more as the week develops. But with the issues, with the, you know, the lack of explosive offense and, you know, a lot of fans ready to move on from Stetson Bennett, and now we got LeCount injured, and we got half the damn team on the injury report, things are just not shaking up. Georgia's way here with going into I know that Alabama game was you know there was so much hype with that one but really this Florida game is a bigger deal because you know there was always that possibility Georgia could see Alabama again I don't know if it happens if they lose this Florida game that's what's crazy man is I I don't see just the way Georgia's been playing if they drop if they drop this game they're they're out there's no playoffs there's no SEC championship. It's it's over. And I think going into this season, uh, you know, the expectations were extremely high for the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, a lot of us put them right there at the first spot. Now you've got you had Florida, I remember, but mm-hmm. I, I thought they were going to be uh, SEC championship contenders. And 
and it, but it all it all hinges on this thing, and it uh, what stinks is, is they're really limping into it. Uh, you, I mean, you heard all the injuries, and uh, and the Gators they they had that bye week and and more time to get healthy, and and oh man, I just I don't know. This is this is going to be uh, this going to be a disadvantage for sure. All right, final team, Shane. Let's jump on down to Baton Rouge real quick. Where it's my honor to present the national championship trophy to Coach Ed Ogeron and the LSU Tigers. Tigers are also on a bye this week. Basically, the, uh, <laughs> half the league's on a bye this week. But uh, we do have an update here from Coach O on Miles Brennan's status. What's the latest with that? Uh, Tigers play where they host Alabama here coming out of the bye. So they certainly need Miles Brennan to be available for that one. But what if he's not? What's the uh, quarterback competition looking like there in Baton Rouge? And uh, on moving on from a tough loss, let's kick it over to Coach O. Can you give me um, the development of this week with Miles Brennan? How yeah. are you going to try to speed him up? And is he, what, what days is he going to practice? Yeah, we, we, we're going to throw the ball with him a little bit today. He's going to try to get into the offense, see what he can do. Uh, he's not ready yet. Uh, it's day by day, and I don't know if he's going to be ready for the Alabama game. I, I think we'll know a little bit more next week. Uh, we're going to try to let him do a couple things today, see how he can do No, it you know it's different. You know, we expected TJ to take another step, and obviously he didn't. He struggled. You know, he's a freshman. I can't put that on him. You know, and then you know, especially going on the road, it wasn't a hostile crowd, but it, it was different. And uh, so, but but if Miles can't practice, we're gonna see who's better, TJ or Max. Max went in there and did a fine job. So they're gonna they're gonna compete. Uh, there's gonna be a competition. Hopefully, Miles is ready. If not. I'm going to have them compete and see who practices better, and then we'll see what happens. If TJ would have played well, obviously he'd have had it locked up, you know, but uh, he didn't. And uh, Max went in there and did a good job. So, yeah, it's open competition. Brooks, we can't hear you. Um, we'll go to Brody. Hey, Ed, I mean, obviously, you know, you've been turnarounds as interim at USC, you've been turnarounds at LSU. I guess if there's any kind of lessons you can take from some of those past experiences mm -hmm. kind of in this season right now. Yeah. You know, in my mind, I'm building, we're building a championship program. We're going to be a championship team. Uh, we're going through some some uh, growing pains right now. I know it. we got some young players. Uh, we got some new coaches that have been on our staff for a short time, didn't have spring ball to put in their system. Not an excuse, you know, this is the SEC. And the other coaches had the same amount of time. So, But I know this in my mind. We have a plan here. I know the people surrounding me are very supportive. Uh, we just had one of the best teams in college football last year. Uh, we're not that far away. Uh, we've got to get better coaches. We've got to get better players. And this is LSU, and we're, we're going to do that. Kind of along with a couple of questions ago, I mean, I'm not sure how similar this one feels to the Mississippi State game a couple of years ago, but where, where do you go yeah. the days after to, yeah. to try to respond to a loss like that? Yeah, you got to dig deep. You got to dig deep, man. It, it hurts. It hurts everybody, but I'm the leader. I'm going to be positive around football players. I'm going to show them the film. We'll tell them where we could have coached better. We'll tell them where we got to execute better. 
we got to make better in-game adjustments. We just got to continue to grow. But I'm going to be positive, believe in our staff, just like I did after the Mississippi State game. We're going to make adjustments like we need to. We're going to look at our roster management and uh, see where we need to get better at our roster and develop guys, ask guys to stay. You know, we got an extra year with these guys, some of these guys. I want them to stay, see if I can have them stay, have a mature team next year. And I know I'm building a championship team. There's no doubt in my mind. What's your assessment been of, of maybe at times when you all been down, the energy level of the team, the sidelines, and then how as a coaching staff do you kind of address it when you see things that yeah. you don't kind of think vibe? Yeah, you know, it's something we gotta, we got to fix. You know, this is a young team, and, and look, it's 0-0 zero, zero the first quarter. we got to fight for 60 minutes, and, and when adversity hits, we got to keep on fighting. And that's been a mark of our team since I've been here. We were down 20 to nothing against Auburn and came back and beat them. So it's a young team. I'm going to address it today about fighting throughout the game, about staying enthusiastic throughout the team and believing we have to do that. But you know what? There's a lot of young guys on this team that I have to teach that to. They don't know that yet. All right, Shane. So, you know, not great news here from Coach O. This, it kind of seems like it's more the sh- same spiel we've been hearing all year. You know, we'll, the defense is horrible. We'll get it fixed. Yeah. I, we we thought they got it fixed for South Carolina, and that went right out the window. But um, I don't know. It sounds like – I guess what I'm trying to say is I, I can't remember which player it was, but it was one of the players from last year's team. Mm-hmm. And he tweeted out after the LSU-Auburn game, and he was just like, well – it's a good thing 2020 doesn't count college football. You know, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, that's kind of the vibe I'm getting from Baton Rouge where, I don't know, it just seems like a lost season at this point. Yeah, and he, he was quick to point out how great they were last year. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, hey, if every other year you could be dominant, I think I'll take that, Mike. Yeah, this no, isn't no. what we wanted to see from LSU, clearly. but. You know, he is right. There, uh, there was no other team in the SEC that had quite the turnover that LSU did last year. Uh, all those guys playing on Sundays. I mean, it was just – it was unbelievable. And, yeah, I, I think out of all the teams, there's a handful of them that really could have used some spring practice. And uh, I think the Tigers were it. Uh, you, you got a whole new defense. You've got pretty much a whole new team. And they 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 still have. It feels to me like they still haven't found their their groove. Uh, we've got a quarterback that that was looking good at times, and now he's out. And then we've got a freshman quarterback comes in. He looks like a world beater, but then next year he. I mean, it's just the ups and downs of LSU. You, you could write a story about how great they were last year, and you could also write one about how how just unfortunate they've been this year. So. They they've got to get right, and uh, he's right. It's a it's a tune up season. Twenty two. I mean, everybody's going to get to a bowl game. No one's going to get left off. But we've got to see some growth. We've got to see some development if if they're going to build in the future. And right now, even though we're this many weeks in, I'm not seeing it, Mike. I'm not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. I thought we had it last week. But, you know, then they get destroyed by Auburn. It's like, shit, maybe, maybe that wasn't a tunnel, you know. Maybe it's like <laughs> walking in the desert. You, you know, you see, you ever seen those, those old TV shows? And they think they see a water fountain and they get up there and it's just like a rock. <laughs> That's it, man. Coach 
Joe is walking through the desert right now and he sees all these mirages out there. So um, I don't know. They, they've got to get, they've got to figure something. They got to get just some consistent play on both sides of the ball. Right. But let me throw it to you like this, Shane, because this was kind of what, where I was going wanted to go with this. If there's one damn team here in the SEC that no one can peg and you just, I mean, you, Coin did the best. You get you get the Incredible Hulk or you're getting Bruce Banner. If LSU fans going into the year, I know this is clearly not their expectation, not the season they were getting. Mm-hmm. But if you were to tell them, well, hell, you might go five and five, but you, you know, of course, you have to consider it's all ten game SEC schedule. But you beat Alabama. Would you mm-hmm. take that? I think. Damn near all of them would, because they know that they probably knew they weren't going to win the national championship. They probably would have taken that, don't you think? Absolutely, man. Do you remember old shows like The Gladiators? Do you remember American that? Gladiators? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you remember that? And there, there was like this, this one thing like these guys would run, and there's like this paper door, and, and you don't know, like you got to <laughs> run like right through this thing, and you don't know if the gladiators on the other side or nothing's on the other side. Do you that's LSU, man. It's like where you're going, you know, the team's coming at them, and you don't know if the if the gladiator LSU's gonna be on the side or if it's just wide open. It's just that's that's the LSU football right now. So, but it's still a dangerous team. It's still a freaking gladiator, and at times they show how talent how, how talented they are, and and you know they could put they could score at will, and the defense is when they because when the defense can get one dimensional. Uh, or make the offense one-dimensional and, and pin their ears back. They show that they can be fantastic at pass rush, and so. But it's just they got to get that lead. They're so used to playing with a lead, and and when they don't have it and they're playing from behind, it's just it's not working for them. So yeah, but they they've got enough weapons. If you're talking about that Alabama game, you know I'm sure we'll have plenty of time to talk about it. But if there's one team in there that that's going to be their damn Super Bowl. Oh yeah. It's going to be the Tigers playing in Baton Rouge at night. It's not going to be as bad as LSU or Alabama, you know, wants vengeance for losing that game last year. They're, we're And everybody else talking, can can anybody touch Alabama? And, you know, they're looking at – hell, they're looking beyond the SEC championship to college. You know, can they – how bad are they going to beat Ohio State and Clemson? You know what I mean? They're looking so far down the road. And certainly, I mean, they're focused for all these games. I'm not trying to downplay – you know, the job Coach Saban's doing there. But I don't know. I just think that uh, if there's one team that knows the season can be made or break, no matter what happened before it, it's going to be LSU. I think they're going to give Alabama their best damn shot and certainly not saying they're going to beat them. But I think yeah. they might have they might have the best chance of anybody remaining on Alabama's schedule. That's why I said that last time. And if I were Coach O, I would give Bo Pelini a bag of money. Since he can't coach defense this week, just say, hey, go down there at College Station. I want you to hire every gate attendant you can find and bring them back here. And we're hiring. I want want their security. I want everything. I want this place freaking packed with 25,000 people. All right, buddy. So a little bit of a shorter one, but uh, that's all I got. You got anything before we hop off here? Uh, No, man. Uh, Yeah, this was a really short one. And 
I was trying to think that I had to do NFL stuff, but we still got a game on tonight. So, mm-hmm. no, um, it's Tuesday. It's election day. It's wild. Stay stay safe out there. Um, I don't know what the hell is going to happen today, buddy. <laughs> but um, just, just, yeah, just I appreciate you hanging out with us, talking football. And uh, I'm looking for, like you said, we only have four games, but damn, I mean, look at them. They're going to be exciting. They're going to be fun. And and any given Saturday, we don't know who's going to have the upsets this week. But I, I think we're I think we're due one. Mm-hmm. And hey, uh, before we jump off here, I probably don't say this enough, so I'll just say it here. Uh, check us out on YouTube. We're on YouTube at uh, That SEC Podcast. Give us a follow. And Reddit, we're on Reddit, That SEC Podcast. Give us a follow there. And, uh, you know, as always, give us a five-star written review on the Apple Podcast app. And we'll send you a beer koozie free of charge. We've got almost every team covered now. Alabama, Arkansas, Auburn, LSU, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, South Carolina, Tennessee. We got all those and more on the way. So uh, we really do appreciate each and every one of our cousins. Shane said we're going to start calling y'all cousins now. Yeah. Welcome to our SEC family. family. So uh, (laughs) that's all I got, buddy. Thanks for joining me as always. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go balls. SEC fans, if you've been enjoying the music of this podcast, then head on over to www.crimsoncalamitymusic.com to follow us on social media and to hear our new song, Ghost, out now on all streaming services and wherever digital music is sold. Thanks so much for listening, and now back to you, Mike and Shane.